Great day, everyone. Welcome into the Watching World Podcast. I'm your host, Les Norman. The Watching World Podcast is a podcast of Abundant Life. You can go to livingproof.co for all things Abundant Life. And we're going to jump right into this topic today because this is a topic that I have read about, that I've heard about, that I've seen, um, haven't experienced it quite yet. But um, it is when you read about it, You'll hear, maybe read that it's, oh, this is growing. This is something that's been around for a while. It's just kind of raising its its ugly head here again. But we need to understand it because as Christians, we are called to be full of salt and light. We are called to be filled with grace, to witness and love other people, and, and really to understand what's going on. So the topic today is deconstructing faith. Some of you maybe leaned in a little bit and turned it up. Some of you maybe rolled your eyes. Some of you went, oh boy, here we go. And when you have those three reactions, yeah. I need to have my boy with me. So <laughs> here he is, the Live Scent Pastor to Abundant Life, oh. Jeremy Brownlee. Man, it's, Jerome, what's it, up, it, bud? You know, it is so good to be here. And most of the time, like when you and I hang out, we talk about stuff that we like is like fun and upbeat. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is going to be a different kind of conversation. I have definitely spent a lot of time in prayer and a lot of time uh, reading and researching to hopefully bring a valuable conversation sure. to those that are listening. But I do like, hey, friends that are listening, like also read and research this yourself. Always. Yeah. Always. So. And it's interesting how deconstruction came along because it's from people researching. Yep. And and the motives are different. Yeah, but absolutely. Yeah, and and this might be at our little desk here, the the most researched material we've ever had laying yeah, on a table. There's books and iPads <laughs> and handwritten notes. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's crazy. So, um, I did, in doing my research, I found a couple segments on. Um, the first one is DesiringGod.org, but I found a really good article um, from FocusOnTheFamily.com, and so. Um, Let me read this. This is a couple quick, short paragraphs. First from FocusOnTheFamily.com. It talks about deconstruction. It also has a a definition by apologist Alyssa Childers. You have one of her books here with you as you've been doing some research. So here we go. Deconstruction was originally an approach to literary analysis developed by the French philosopher Jacques Derrida. I think I said that right. In the 1960s, its purpose was to lay bare the hidden assumptions behind a text based on the belief that objective meaning was impossible to discover. In a broader sense, deconstruction sought to pull apart the assumptions of one's cultural background and to question their certainty, and it became one of the core principles of the postmodernist movement. With respect to Christianity, apologist Alyssa Childers offers this definition, quote, In the context of faith, deconstruction is the process of systematically dissecting and often rejecting the beliefs you grew up with. Sometimes the Christian will deconstruct all the way into atheism. Some remain there, but others experience a reconstruction. But the type of faith they end up embracing almost never resembles the Christianity Christianity they formerly knew. Yeah. So yeah, that just tells you right there. This is an easy topic. Yeah, right? with with uh, a, as you were reading that Alyssa Childer's definition, like I was thinking absolutely of a guy we both know that I've watched him go through this process um, in his life. And he's one of those guys that grew up um, in a pretty tight-knit Christian home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like he lived uh, very specifically the way he was taught and trained. And then some difficulties in life mm-hmm. um, rattled his core and foundation. And so I was able to watch him kind of go through this process. I mean, praise God. Like, I think he's come back out um, with a faith that's legitimately his and that's deeper and more passionate than right. the one that he had carried of his family um, for so many years. Well, I think there are many Christians out there that were raised in the church mm-hmm. and um, learned about the Lord and and came to legitimate yeah. saving faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I mean, life is never perfect for anybody, no. but, but they are firmly rooted yeah. in Scripture. Yeah. And so maybe before we dive in a little bit more, let's take uh, maybe just a little bit of uh, time for the why. What, what, what are some attributes as to why people even begin to start deconstructing faith? Now, and again, <laughs> this isn't, I, I wrote some stuff down yeah, and, and some different types of thought processes of people behind it. And, and here's what I came up with, and maybe you'll see that. Yeah. Um, 
there are some that were raised in a strict home yep. with a legalistic background. Yep. What you wear, what you say, yep. where you go to church, yeah. what you do. Don't go to movies. Yes. They were micromanaged. Some of them had some bad teaching that yep. that was the only way. And it was this religion versus, you know, Christianity and faith yeah. and relationship. And so, and their church became a non-safe place yeah. to ask questions. Yeah. And so you towed the line. Yeah. And then when you're old enough to get on your own, you discover all these different things and you're hurt and there's injury. And so then you start to try to discover things on your own. Yep. Um, there are even some young people mm-hmm. that um, have witnessed maybe unbiblical attitudes yep. in church mm-hmm. where, you know, I know Pastor Phil had said this before, you know, there are actually Democrats out there that are Christians, yeah. you know, yep. but there are a lot of people that are Republicans that don't believe you can't be a Democrat and a Christian at the same time. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Some people think that. Um, they have witnessed some churches or people that maybe call themselves Christians that are homophobic. Mm-hmm. And because somebody lives that lifestyle, yeah. that, that instead of witnessing to them and having compassion and grace and love for them and having conversations, they instantly ostracize them yeah. and push them away. And yeah. then now they're, oh, wait a minute, that's not what the Bible says, right. but I was taught that in the church. Um, misogyny, political tribalism, lack of interest in social justice, racism, all different kinds of that. Um, then there are some cultural attitudes yeah. that have that have happened um, out there, um, and then you have people that have been influenced by prevailing cultural attitudes. Uh, I'll quote: Some churchgoers have rejected key Christian teachings, the authority of Scripture, the exclusive claims of Jesus, the biblical sexual ethic, the existence of hell, the atoning sacrifice of Christ for sinful humans, as being unpalatable and even harmful. And then those people quote. They adjust their faith accordingly or abandon it altogether to better fit in with their surrounding culture. Mm. And then finally, we talked. We, we, we saw earlier that sometimes it ends, Alyssa Childers said that sometimes it ends in atheism. Yeah. There's some people out there that when they have that crisis of faith, mm-hmm. they've been injured. Mm-hmm. So they go into the deconstruction mode and they take it so far as I'm just going to burn it all down and leave it all behind. Yeah. So you've got a broad spectrum yeah. of reasons why people step into... This mindset and heart set of, okay, I need to break this whole thing down and deconstruct my yeah. faith and see where it lands. Yeah, and it's interesting because you know we agreed to have this conversation, but we didn't share notes or preparation. Right, and so for me and my research, and you know, is basically web based, some books, sure, um, a lot of social media stuff. Like I kind of came up with the the same reasons, um, hyper fundamentalism. Uh, a political activism they don't agree with connected to their church body. Um, seeing their church is not as involved in social justice causes as it should be. Um, one that I found over and over again was an elevated view of a leader who fails them on some some topic or some aspect. Right. Um, one of the ones that, that struck me as interesting was an unrealistic view of the blessing that God would provide. Mm. Um, and man, I took that to kind of look at the the difference between the old covenant and new covenant. You know, essentially the old covenant, God said, like, if you do what I say, I will bless you. And obviously we know people are bad at doing the things that God says. And so a new covenant had to come that was perfect, that was fulfilled by Jesus. But this, um, if you do what I say, you will be blessed is not a part of what we see in the new covenant. I mean, if you think about it, like Jesus' best friends did the things that he said, and they all like suffered physically and emotionally for the case of Christ. Right. And so, you know, Pastor Phil says it a lot, like, you know, healthy, wealthy, and all of that. And man, that's just unbiblical. But there, that teaching does creep in in places yes. that, man, if we do the things that we're supposed to, that God's going to give us the things um, that we desire. And man, I sure don't see that, especially in, in New Testament um, writings or the words of Jesus. Um And then let's see, Um, one of the things I put in, like I said, it was because of a a friend, Uh, they've tried to become someone that they aren't 
for so long um, that they change. And, you know, it's interesting. So my son Matthew's a freshman, and uh, he got baptized when he was six. Mm -hmm. And then he just got baptized a couple weeks ago at Fusion. And it was cool because he told me, he said, Dad, the more I thought about it and prayed about it, I got baptized the first time to please you. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, as, like, as his own faith has become his, he wanted to do this sign of obedience. He wanted to to celebrate new life. And so it was super exciting for me to see. That's so cool. It man. is, yeah. yeah. To see his fusion group leader baptize him, not his dad, right. not any of that. And so for me, like, I'm glad um, and thankful for, you know, how, like, our kids have come up um, with the ability to have those hard questions and to ask questions. Because that's a, that's a thing, too, that I see that appears to be missing in a lot of people who deconstruct their faith is a safe place to, to process, you know, some of the difficulty of really understanding like a fully loving, fully powerful God. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like, um, they talk about it in, uh, in second Peter, he's talking about Paul. He says he speaks about these things in all of his letters in which there are some matters that are hard to understand. Um, and so it, it, to me, just even that verse from Peter alone lets us know like this stuff, we have to be able to talk about it. Yes. And if we're not, if it's stifled, if it's shut down, man, it will just one day breed doubt or concern. So, that, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the snowball rolling downhill. Yeah. It's, it's, uh-oh, I'm on the sled and I'm going too fast and I have no handles and gravity is now my yeah. enemy. And so as, as you're talking there, a couple things come to mind. First and foremost, you had started with how somebody was, was hurt by yeah. a leader that they yeah. elevated. You know, um, yeah. my wife and I went through this around year six or seven of our marriage. We're going on 27 years. And... Um, I remember sitting at the kitchen table and she said to me, you know what, sweetheart, you are the only one that's ever let me down. Mm. And I kept my face just mm. the way it was. Mm. I didn't bow my head and like, oh, but inside it, it pierced my heart. I could physically feel my insides mm. clenching and like, oh, that really hurts. And you know what, honey, I'm, I'm, I think I made it, maybe I gotta use the restroom. I gotta go do something. And I left the room and it was just a gut punch because I knew in that moment, my wife has possibly put me on the throne of her heart. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and, and, and that scared me because coming from being a professional athlete yeah. and the world worshiping professional athletes and the autographs. I mean, to this day, I'm almost 55. I still get people sending baseball cards to my home to sign and send back. And everyone's like, why do they get your address? Because it's available on the internet. That's why. And the point of that is that I, it wasn't that mm. she was doing something wrong. It was that I was not leading well enough in my home to point my entire family to Jesus, mm. I had been trying to put myself in his place a little bit yeah. inadvertently. Yeah. I didn't mean to do that. I, underst I understand and understood then yeah. that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and he needs to be Lord of my house, and I need yeah. to lead through the filter of Scripture and the Savior. Yeah. And so... I, I held off. I, I I didn't have the conversation. I yeah. should have, and I failed. I sinned and failed to have that conversation. So it wasn't a few months later that when she found out that I did have a past and that I did hurt her, mm. man, it was a struggle. Year eight through 10 mm. was really difficult. And we had to go through a lot of difficulty and sorting through my baggage and her baggage and then our baggage and all those things. And so getting back to the, the the first part of that we have to be really careful yeah because the throne room of our heart yeah. is occupancy one yes and it yeah. has to be the yeah. name of jesus yeah that is on that throne and, and you know we know this like we're created by god to worship yeah um and man it is like you can really quickly worship just like your wife um somebody a mentor a leader somebody that's influenced you and i think subliminally create a connection of like 
you know, this person is essentially acting in a role of God yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. And then, man, when that person screws up and reveals their humanity, like Paul, you know, described the things that I want to do, I don't. The things yes. I don't want to do, I do. Yep. And, you know, if Paul's saying that, we can pretty much all guarantee no matter what your role or title or position is, you're going to screw stuff up at times. Right. And, uh, man, if people have a fragile, you know, as a pastor here, um, just anyone listening, uh, I love Jesus. I'm saved by Jesus. I pray for wisdom and discernment. Amen. But I am not Jesus. Amen. And, uh, and so don't lasso your faith to my life. Or any uh, other pastor's yeah, life and, as well. And, and so that's, you know, I, and you you can see and find and read stories about, like, um, you know, kids and teenagers coming up and having a real connection to um, their pastor and and you know, the pastor quits the church or the pastor moves and goes to another church. And like, it's almost like their faith leaves with that person. And it, and it happens, like I said, all across um, different ministry levels yeah. where, where, you know, people's faith is in a person and not in Jesus. Right. And and the point to all that is, is that her lassoing onto that, yeah. she, she knew that Jesus was her Lord and Savior as yeah. well. Yeah. That wasn't the idea. She wasn't worshiping me or attempting to worship me, yeah. but it was born out of pain. Yeah. Because we are, her and I both were children of divorce yeah. and loss yeah. and, and there was pain and we were plucked out of a generation yep. of, of cycles of yeah. sin. Yeah. And therefore she had latched her wagon to me because at the time that was the one stable, most stable thing that she ever knew. Yeah. Now that house of cards had to come tumbling down yeah. because then it helped her really find the, yeah. her foundation of Jesus Christ. The second thing I would say as you were talking about it, and you know, it says that 1960, this French philosopher coined yeah. the phrase. Yeah. Trust me, deconstruction did not just start in 1960. No. It started in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. It started in the Garden because, remember, sin came into the world through Adam, but it also came into the world because Satan came in and, and cast doubt. And what's the core behind, the, from what my research and what I'm yeah. reading, deconstruction is is foundationally based on doubt. Yep. It, I have a crisis of faith. Questioning the accuracy and inerrancy of Scripture. Which is God's word. word. Yeah. Word. Word. So, yeah, we, we have to understand that there's, there's pain behind it, there's sin behind it, and trust me when I tell you this, you don't have to trust me either way, but I'm going to be confident <laughs> in saying it, that Satan is behind casting doubt in people's faith. Yeah. And, you know, as I've like read and studied and prepared for this conversation, like I, you know, I said to the the people in my office as I was leaving, like the one thing that I'm confident of is that none of this is new. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that's new and that's interesting, especially for us, I mean, right now people are listening to us on a podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, That podcast is playing in their car or at their house. And the amount of digital media, social media, uh, places like this have made this deconstruction aspect right now in you know 2023 a different looking and feeling phenomenon than it may have been in 1960 sure. um, when that guy. But like we can know that the same thing's been happening. I mean, I'm sitting here reading a quote um, from Tertullian who was discipled by Clement, who was discipled by the apostles personally. And Tertullian wrote this, let us act according to that which is written. For the Holy Spirit saith, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. And so in three generations from Jesus or two generations, depending on how you would measure it, mm-hmm. you've already got people saying like, hey, the scriptures are where the truth is. Mm-hmm. And to me, that means that somebody was questioning, well, surely not. that's not what it meant. And like you said, going all the way back to the garden, like that's been the enemy's primary strategy right. from day one. And, and God foreknew that we were going to, we're sinners, man. Uh, he foreknew we were going to doubt yeah. and try to twist the word and make it our own as human beings and doubt and pull people away from the faith. I mean, it's, we're 
sinful creatures. It yeah, is, it is what it is. And and you know, I'll be honest. Like when it comes to deconstruction, um, like it's obviously a like a buzzword. It's kind of yeah. why we're talking about it. And um, man, like I want people to question. Um, their faith from a place of strength and growth, amen. Yes, and, and research, and you know, from a is it from a dad standpoint and from a ministry leader standpoint, like my fear of this really only boils down to um, the amount of support and the amount of community like available in places online uh, for people who do this. And, you know, right now with all the weird political activism and all the weird political division. Um, weird but, is a good word. Yeah. And uh, while talking about deconstruction, I'm being as, um, as politically moderate as possible sure. while totally believing the truth. Right. Um, but it, it's kind of one of those things, like there's almost a, you know, a community of people waiting to celebrate you if you've been Christian and you're stepping away from your faith. Mm-hmm. And that's a thing, like I said, that didn't exist in the past. And that's a thing that I think, you know, you and I, and, you know, all of our, our leaders in the ministry, both here and in all like churches need to understand is, man, some of those people are looking for that approval and community and support. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's one of those things, like I'm convicted to love and celebrate people's growth and and discernment and figuring this out, um, you know, deeper levels themselves or with a disciple or things. And, and so that's a, that's been an interesting thing for me to see. Um, I was listening to a message on this um, and a you know pretty big name pastor, uh, you know, talked about, he said, it's weird. He said, they now have conferences for people who have deconstructed their faith down to agnostic Did not or atheist. That. No. And, and so that's, like I said, this weird piece, but it kind of comes back to, man, the study of this has um, strengthened my faith. Right. But it, it comes back to this. As people, man, we need to be needed and we need to be known. Right. And, uh, man, if somebody's not receiving that, um, where they're at in their, in their, their faith household, in their, in their family household, like they'll find it somewhere, um, somewhere else. They're going to so, search. Yeah. So if, yeah. Uh, so if the church treats somebody poorly and there's a community ready to wrap their arms around them and, you know, call them heroic and, uh, celebrate their bravery. Like I totally get why people do it. And, and you know, at Abundant Life, I'm thankful for the depth of biblical teaching mm-hmm. um, that we have. I mean, I've been here for 18, 19 years, um, and it's always been a safe place to, to question um, mm-hmm. some of the deeper things of faith. I still don't right. know how the axe heads floated when, or the axe head floated when Elijah dropped it in the river. I have no idea how that happened. Um, well, I think I do. <laughs> really? I think God might have something to do well, with it. Yeah, I know God did it, but I don't <laughs> That's know That's the how. safe answer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. And, and so... But do you need to know how? No. Right. But it's But that's that, but that's that thing too. And uh, man, I heard a, a, a sermon series one time um, from a, a different church, a guy that I... I enjoy his preaching. And uh, he was talking about kind of this new atheist movement. This was a few years ago. And, uh, you know, he said one of the things that that uh, skeptics or agnostics or, or atheists will like to debate is some of those things that f- for us are, are scientifically hard mm-hmm. um, to explain. And this pastor laughingly said something that stuck with me so much. He said he'd love to see, like, Peter debate these guys and you know like okay seriously how'd god get two of every kind of animal on the ark and peter be like i don't have any idea but like my best friend said that he was going to die three days later he was going to raise from the dead and i saw that happen and then i spent the next 40 days with him i watched him produce countless miracles they ascended into heaven and then he indwelled me with his spirit to perform miracles and that we can find extra biblical um things from the early roman government of like these things trying to happen and so i love this kind of these, you know, some of these questions, and we should know. And man, I think of guys like Ed Croto that can yes. apologetically speak into this stuff. But man, like to me, like all of the questions, um, I love to just tie them back to to 
to not even the crucifixion, but the resurrection. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And Peter, Peter might've got a little bit impatient in that conversation and might've said a bad word or something, but he would have absolutely witnessed. Yeah. Yeah. With, yeah. with faith and like, eyewitness. Well, how old is the earth? That's right. Peter's like, I don't know, but my friend, he said he would die. And he mm-hmm. said he would raise again. Right. Were there dinosaurs? I don't know. But I had this friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like for myself, like I said, I have to be cautious with that too, because if somebody is really wanting to understand and learn, like obviously we need to, like scripture is the truth and we need to take them there. But we also need to understand um, that, man, he's God and we're not. Yeah, amen um, to that. Yeah, and by the way, uh, we just did an I did a two part episode coming up. I, yeah. Either it just dropped or it's going to drop, featuring Ken Ham, who's mm. behind the yeah. Creation Museum, yeah, and the the Ark Experience, which I got to go yeah. with my my son and his uh, his group from Fusion, yeah. and amazing. If you've never been to the the Ark Encounter, oh my goodness gracious, yeah, it I, is unbelievable. I, I, I One of the greatest places I've ever been. That's cool. No, I haven't been there, but you, I need, you to, need but, to. go. but while re- while researching. This I did read some stuff that Kim ha- Ken Ham had written, mm-hmm. basically calling us as believers to not buy into an old Earth philosophy right. because of how much that pulls on that string that can unwind um, the inerrancy of Scripture. Yeah, if you and would. besides God, I mean Ken Ham is uh, he doesn't. He, I don't know that he, he's not a big debater, yeah. And yet, it seems like he debates all the, all time. the time, yeah. But the thing about him is, is that he he breaks down the why behind why people are debating, yeah, yeah. and going against, yeah. the word of God, yeah. And it's inerrancy, yeah. And how can you say that if you don't believe when you're saying? I mean, it's it's yeah. unbelievable stuff. Yeah. So Ken Ham is all over social media as well, and he can really bring some truth. It's not that I'm saying, listen to Ken Ham; he's no, in my yeah. corner. He really breaks it down and, mm-hmm. and really brings truth. So um, another part of this deconstruction, Jeremy, is that uh, there are. I'm learning this now. Every year, there's a family that's sending their kid to college. Yeah, whether it's local, yeah. whether it's out there, and and it doesn't matter anymore, sadly. It could yeah. be a Christian college. Yeah. There's going to be the, the liberal side or the, the, the left-wing side of yeah. things or whatever. Um, there's going to be the, the woke agenda. There's going to be the non-believing part of the world. And then there's the, the, the liberal arts colleges or the colleges that just don't believe. And how many articles, how many stories have we seen mm-hmm. where there are professors out there yeah. that are trying to break down faith and it's not even a, a biblical class yeah. it could be a history class yeah. or a math class or a especially in the philosophical yeah. classes and 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 the higher level schools they're trying yeah. to break down these kids and some of those kids when they go away they're they're not in their church they're not in their family and and yeah. by that age we want to know and that does point to the importance of raising our kids in in Christ early and helping them understand truth and growing them up in the truth early. Yeah, but it, it, isn't that a scary thing? I mean, you've got kids. I you've do. Got, you've got one that's right on the brink. I of, do. Of yeah, heading out yeah, there. She'll be. We've got a. We've got a. You know, less than a school year left. Um, and mine is. Uh, he's actually a sophomore. He's only eighteen, but he finished his. Uh, freshman year of college during his senior year of high school. So he's actually a sophomore and he's, he's at home right now. So he yeah. does online stuff, but he also is going to be ready to launch into you yeah. know, the, the four year. Yeah. And he's a young man of faith. And he gave his testimony for the first time at Fusion this yeah. past year. And it was amazing. And then after he was done, I went around the corner and cried like a big, big baby. Yeah. And it was awesome and all that. But I, I got to. He's yeah. the arrow, man. I got to launch him. Yeah. You know, when I think about this kind of just this topic of deconstruction and this kind of continuous reminder that, um, you know, our, our kids are going to encounter uh, college professors, trade school teachers, uh, military um, instructors that uh, that are going to try to people of influence. Yeah. Push them off their platforms, man. I go to, uh, the parable of the tear and the wheats. 
Um, and so Matthew 13, Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while people were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds. In some of the translations, it refers to it as tares mm-hmm. among the wheat and left. When the plants sprouted and produced grain, then the weeds or tares also appeared. The landowner's slaves came to him and said, Master, you didn't sow good seed in your field? Then where did the weeds come from? Said an enemy did this, he told them. So do you want us to go and gather them up? The slaves asked. No, he said. When you gather up the weeds, you might also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At harvest time, I'll tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and then tie them into bundles to burn them, but store mm. the wheat in my barn. So I, you know, I've read that, um, that parable in so many different forms, but while doing research for this topic, I found out that tear um, actually looks like wheat um, and when it, it sprouts, it only takes like an astute farmer to be able to tell right. the difference. It's counterfeit it, wheat. Yeah, it's counterfeit wheat and it's poisonous. And in first century Rome, there were even laws against doing this because mm. this was such a thing. And, uh, and so, you know, this is one of those realities of life is that there is an enemy mm-hmm. who seeks to kill and destroy and wants to undo the things, the things of God. And uh, man, that that is reality. That there are tears in our college classrooms. I mean, there's tears in and around our community and our kids at all times. We can't and walk with them every second of every day when they get and, older. And we can't, you know, like reading the scripture, we can't count on them being removed. Mm-hmm. They're going to be among us. That's right. Um, and so I know for you and I as dads, this is part of our faith journey of right. trusting the Lord to lead our children, to guide our children um, as they move into that next step. And, it, and it's hard. But to me, this is like this parable stood out so much in the study of deconstruction. Mm-hmm. Um, because right now in the places where we gather, where we hang out, um, this is among us. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, you know, like I said, trying to poison the crop. Right. And before we kind of get to the closing part of this, um, I, I want to mention that it's it's really easy to I mean it's a different world now in 2023 than it yeah. was in Jesus's time. Yeah, you know because there wasn't many safe places. Yeah, you know for yeah. I mean you know you can go to Rome and even Jesus himself waited at certain times to go yeah. into certain areas yeah. because it wasn't his time yet. Yep, because he knew when he stepped into that area. Yeah. It it wasn't going to be it's good on like it, Donkey Kong on big time. Yeah. So we we tend to nowadays play it safe. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many activism against yeah. this or feeling against this and yelling and screaming and protesting and yeah. and violence and yeah. hatred and vitriol and everything out there. And so we tend to either wrap ourselves in safety. Yeah. I'm just going to stay in my church. I'm not yeah. going to go out and witness to anybody, and, right. and I don't want to bring that to my family. I'm not going to put that sign in my yard yeah. that I'm voting for that person. Yeah. Or the other side of it, I'm going to put 17,000 signs <laughs> of that person in my yard, yeah. and I'm going to go kick that one and rip that one out. And how dare you vote for that? Uh, this is just one example of many. And so there's the really ultra safe. Yeah. And and we're not called to do that. No. But we're also not called to go set fire to that person's voting sign yeah. because that you know there's that medium of. So I'll, I'll say this. I found this other quote: a deconstructing Christian is most likely one that's in pain. Yep. We mm. have to remember that. Yeah. Most likely. Yeah. Not all the time, but most likely. Somebody that's in the process of deconstructing or even wondering about yeah. it, most of them comes from a place of pain. And as Christians, we have to extend grace and love just like anybody else. Yeah. Our call is to glorify God. We yeah. were created to reflect the yeah. likeness of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Sanctification means we're becoming more and more. God's making us more and more like Jesus yep. every day. And we're to love anybody regardless, because if we start looking at people, well, that person's unlovable because, that person's unlovable because, can you imagine if Jesus looked at people like that? Because there wouldn't be one lovable one. No. Not yeah, one. No. And it, it, we, we'd all have no hope. Yeah. And so uh, Philippians 1.9 says, 
so that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Mm. We're to listen to try to understand people, not judge people based on whether they agree with us or not or what they're going through. And I've said it on this podcast many times. I'll say it again. The late mentor of mine, I love him so much, but he's gone now. Mike Lasardi used mm. to always say, hey, when you meet people, remember, behind every face, there's a drama unfolding. Mm. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what's behind those eyes. You don't know if they've been hurt. You don't know those influences in their life. And if they're going through the deconstruction, just love on them. You don't have to be a biblical scholar. Yeah. You don't have to be the apologist. Now, we are called not just to read our Bible. I can read a comic strip. Right. We're called to study God's Word. Yeah. We're called to experience it, yeah. not just read the Word, shut the book, and then leave that in there. We're yeah. supposed to let that get in our ear, eyes, head, so it drops into our heart and yeah. appropriate it in our life. But it's just important to understand. I just want to remind people that when you experience someone that might be in deconstruction, just love them. Yeah. Just love them. Yeah. As, man, as you were talking about Mike, this was awesome. I was thinking of Paul's words in Second uh, Corinthians. He says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And uh, I've just always loved this kind of call, you know, an ambassador um, when done well is somebody that shows um, what they're representing and uh, you know, of. And so for us, man, we're ambassadors of Christ's kingdom. Yeah. Um, where there is hope, where there is love and joy and peace and, and uh, help for that hurt and that pain. And so, um, man, I love how you said that. But yeah, it's, um, and man, as believers, I think we've just got to trust God in a way that we, like you said, we can love people that want to process this, um, questioning of mm-hmm. of faith. Yeah, we, we live in such a polarized world right now that when we see people, a, a lot of times the media only gives you the most sensational type yeah. of things. I'm in the media. Yeah. Even in sports, yeah. it's let's talk about the negative. I mean, you know, for example, at the time of this podcast, Chris yeah. Jones has not signed with the Chiefs yet. He's still yeah. the holdout. You know, we're a week away, a week yeah. from today Day. as we record this. Yeah. The Chiefs open at yeah. home, right? And yeah. he hasn't been, he hasn't signed yet. And yeah. they're, they're doing all that. And, you know, it's that, uh, it's that, that if, if we don't, we don't believe if people don't believe like we do, yeah. right? If we end up saying that, well, they must be our enemy, right? You know, we must. They, they, we're not talking about Chris Jones and how amazing he is. Yeah. We're talking about the sensation. Oh, he hasn't signed yet, and what's yeah. going to happen? And all those. Yeah. It's sensationalism, you yeah. know. And the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, we live in this cranial cerebral mm-hmm. box. Mm-hmm that we think the way we think mm. and we're if you don't think like I do well oh you must be an enemy because the media brings that out or what yeah. you read what you see and the media is not giving you the whole story yeah. and live by the word of god not by the word of twitter or yeah. instagram <laughs> yeah. or all these other no doubt whatever they yeah. call facebook now any yeah. social media platform out there yeah. Live by the word of God. I'm not saying you have to stay completely off of social media. There's some great things on there. I mean, yeah. I find some great quotes from Greg Laurie and Ken yeah. Ham and all these great, wonderful pastors out there. Yeah. But I also find massive political unrest yeah. coming from people that call themselves Christians. Yeah. And it's really difficult to see. And so if you're one of those people out there that, well, they don't believe like me, so they must be my enemy. What did Jesus say? We're supposed even even they're not your enemy, yeah. but and some might be that really openly oppose but Christ. Even, but yeah, even Jesus but, says to pray for those that's that it. persecute you. That's it, right yeah. there. Pray for those that persecute you. Yeah. Love your enemy. Pray yeah. for them. Yeah, and it, it's amazing that yeah. we tend to <laughs> don't we don't want to get attacked as Christians, yeah. and yet we're the ones mm. that build the the bastion around ourselves. Mm to quote unquote, protect ourselves from those people out there. Yeah. I've got a savior and so do you. Yeah. That'll fight my battles for me. I love, so it's like you were talking, obviously we're sitting here making eye contact. What I took away from that was like, 
hey, love and support people that are going through stuff. Yeah. And also don't behave in a way that causes people to question um, Christ because of our personal behavior. Ab- absolutely. <laughs> yeah. and, and because that's what sometimes yeah. sends people into deconstruction oh, mode. Absolutely. Because, I, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm reading this book called When to Walk Away mm. by, uh, by uh, uh, yeah. Gary Thomas. Yeah. And he's coming actually on the podcast Ooh. soon, and we're going to talk about that. But one of the things I got in it is, you know, you're trying to protect yourself from toxic people because it can draw you away from the truth and and all those things. But also, and I I praise God for this. Another thing I'm getting out of this is, and he didn't say this yet, but this is what I'm getting. Yeah. Don't become a toxic person. Right. You know, you're not holier. I'm not holier than thou. Like, oh, that person's toxic. I got to push them away. It's important that we all watch for people like that. Yeah. Jesus watched for people like that. 41 times, and I got this from that book, 41 times in the Gospels, Jesus walked away. Yep, yep. He did. Yeah. And because sometimes that's the best thing to do, and there's nobody that knows what's better than the best thing to do than Jesus himself, right? Amen. But I also can't become toxic. Right. So in our little boundary lines as Christians that we want, oh, well, they believe that way, so I'm going to go ahead and put that wall up and have the barbed wire up. Yeah. How about just loving on people? And yeah. and it's important to understand if you experience someone that's deconstructing, yeah, love them. Yeah. Talk with them. Yeah. Listen to understand. And I'm not saying listen to to believe what they believe, right. but listen to understand because chances are maybe one of the reasons that they're deconstructing yeah. is they weren't listened to. Yeah. Or they were hurt and so now they don't trust and they need to find someone they can trust. Yeah. And the word of God does not need help. Nope. It just needs to be shared. Yeah. Amen. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, let me end with this. This is based on Matthew 12, 20 and 21. Um, I, I won't read the verse yet. This is another quote from uh, this uh, Focus on the Family.org, yeah. this article. It said, like the good shepherd he is, Jesus is the gentlest with the sheep who need it most, mm. and he'll welcome those with the weakest and most flickering faith. And here's what Matthew 12, 20, and 21 says. He will not break a bruised reed, and he will not put out a smoldering wick until he has led justice to victory. The nations will put their hope in his name. And I, I, I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah. Because it's point. Jesus went to people like this. Yes. He didn't, oh, hey, yeah. The, this, the pastor that is locked in in his faith and leading the flock. Yeah. And hang out with people like that. Yeah. He, he, he still loved them. Yeah. And one day, many people like that will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah. Amen. And, and I long for that, and you long for yeah. that. I also know I'm not perfect, and I'm more like Peter than I am like Paul. I got to watch my mouth and <laughs> yeah. yeah, and get a little rebellious. <laughs> Which at is times. why you have a podcast. You're, you're <laughs> growing. And, and <laughs> yes, yes, and um, yeah, and well, that's because if it was like if I did this live, people might throw things at me. So yeah. this is a little safer, right? Yeah. We talked about that safe yeah, area. But that would be cool. Yeah, it would be cool. Yeah. I could wear a helmet. <laughs> so. Yeah, again, it's just important. Jesus went to people that were hurting. Yeah. He went to people that had uh, issues of of why in their life or were living in sin, and he didn't go and and drop a lightning bolt on them. And it could have, Yeah. but he didn't. Yeah. He made them see what was going on, but he loved them just with with grace-filled, pure, holy love. Yeah. And that's what we're called to do to other people. Man, you know, I love this process. You and I did a podcast one time about just how we hang out and talk about stuff and grow. And so just, I'm kind of reflecting on this whole thing. Like, obviously, I was a little bit nervous yeah. when you asked me to come talk it's a about tough construction. Yeah. And man, I think just this whole thing, all the reading, all the praying, just even sitting here processing with you, like, I think what I would tell people is, um, man, that... Uh, the enemy is real. Amen. He is. Yeah. Um, he's cunning and he's continuously trying to break at those cracks in the foundation of our life. Uh, but man, God is good and love is more powerful than any evil. That's right. Um, and that, like, if you're listening to this and you've got a friend or family member, like, that's doing this deconstruction process, man, like, Les has just been saying, it's such a great opportunity um, to love them well. For our faith communities that are thinking about this, man, this is just a great opportunity to have those real, legitimate, deep conversations about, um, about what 
the word of God says and about how this has been lived out in our lives. It's a place for transparency and vulnerability. Because, mm-hmm. um, man, the more I see transparency and vulnerability, the more I see God's grace and goodness. Um, and, man, if you're listening to this and you're going through deconstruction, I, I think I would say, man, Jesus loves you Amen. and is not upset um, by your questions and your concerns. And the, yeah. the, my prayer for you is that your faith grows stronger than it's ever been um, through this process. But I would also caution you to not be tempted by those tears yep. that are hidden and around and much like you know the devil did in the garden can trick you away or trick you into thinking that you are elevated beyond who you are, that you are smarter, that you are better, that you are more enlightened than the people around, that you understand something that others don't. Like, those are just all red flags to me based upon what I've read Mm -hmm. that, like, yeah, there's probably some deception going on. Absolutely. Um, And so, you know, reach out to people, find and process these questions because, man, it's been going on for 2,000 years and um, seems to be moving strong and excitingly passionate yeah. still 2,000 years later. Yeah, absolutely. And so I knew coming into this topic, Jeremy, there's nobody else I wanted to have this because you and I will talk about things and you and I are both going to be people that, well, I don't know the answer, yeah. um, but I'm going to change that to one thing. Yeah. I have an answer for those going through yeah. deconstruction. Yeah. And it's not an answer a lot of people maybe want to hear, but it's the right answer, yeah. and his name is Jesus. Yep. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's the answer. Yeah. And so, you know, again, this is another little bit, uh, a mini paragraph that I found on this website, and I've read this so much, I can't say it better than this, so I'm, yeah. I'm going to quote this as we roll Love out of it. here. Um, it's based on Mark 9, 24, and mm. I'll talk about this at the end, but it says, the, the quote of this, it says, the best advice for anyone experiencing these struggles is to look to Jesus. He invites us to bring our pain, our questions, and our doubts, and he's kind and compassionate beyond our imagining. This isn't to suggest that we ignore parts of our faith that we find difficult to fathom, but rather we bring these to him. We may not get all the answers we seek. After all, God's ways and thoughts are far above ours, but we can trust in his goodness, wisdom, and love. Jesus is God in the flesh, God with us, full of grace and truth, and as with doubting Thomas, he will meet us in our need. And like mm-hmm. the father of the demon-possessed boy, we are always invited to pray, Mark 9, 24, which says, I do believe, but help, help me, help my, my unbelief. unbelief. Amen. Yeah. Yep. Mm. That's good stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It's like, I'd love to keep talking. That kind of sounds like a spot where you like mic drop. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll let Jesus drop the mic right there because yeah. it has nothing to do with me. But, you know, oftentimes we don't normally do this, but I'm led to do this right now, Jeremy. If you'll join me, yeah. can we pray yeah. for those out there right now that are going through deconstruction? doubt, fear, have been injured. Let's pray for those people. Yeah, and let's also pray for those families that are scared because somebody they love is doing this. Yeah, or risk they're going away maybe to school where they know they're going to be under attack and they're afraid to share their faith or they're going to share their faith, and it's inevitable that they're going to get hit by it. Yep. Mm. I'll let you start, and I can close this up. Yeah, so Father God, first off, um, man, thank you, uh, Jesus, for who you are. God, we thank you for the truth of your word. God, we thank you uh, for the anchor that it's been for our lives. And so, Lord, we thank you just uh, for the opportunity to process these things that that cause fear and anxiety in people and that um, are often the result of hurt and pain. And so, Lord, right now, I just boldly pray, um, God, for any ears listening to this at any point in time that may be questioning um, if you're there. Um, if you're good, if you love them, if you are powerful, if, if this is all true, Lord, I pray that you would show yourself present and mighty and holy and that they would feel um, the love and the joy and the hope that can only come from Jesus. Lord, for the families that uh, have people um, questioning, walking away, deconstructing, Lord, I pray that you would give them that same love, joy, peace, and hope that they would know um, as much as they love their family members, that, Lord, you love them more and um, from a more pure place. And so, Lord, I just pray, God, for 
um, your kingdom. Lord, I pray that that all would come to know you, God. We know that's your desire. Lord, I pray um, that faith would be bold because of yes. your love and grace. Yes. Lord, I thank you for, for a church um, that we can gather and talk about these things and, um, and seek you uh, deeper and more personally in our own lives through community and through engaging in the work of the ministry and um, just the things that you let us be a part of in this huge, amazing story that you're writing. So, Lord, I thank you for Les and for the work you do um, through him in the lives of many, including those that are listening right now. And I pray that th- this work would continue for your glory, for the good of others. And, Lord, I thank you for the joy that I get um, when I get to serve with my bro. Yes. Father, thank you, Lord, again, for your wisdom. Mm-hmm. And, and so often, Father, we, we pray for wisdom and we should, because you you call us to, because your wisdom is true wisdom. It's not the worldly wisdom that that we get. But Father, I also pray that you would help us see people mm-hmm. through the eyes of Jesus. Help us not to judge other people uh, that might be different or think differently or that are struggling or that have been injured or um, help us to not rate them on some scale of sin, because sin is sin and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. But we have new life in you, Jesus. And so, Father, I just pray that you would give us a heart and eyes for those uh, that that are struggling, mm-hmm. that are seeking, mm-hmm. that are trying to figure out what the truth is. We know what the truth is, Lord, but help us to just love others um, with gentleness and meekness mm-hmm. and to be armed with the truth, mm-hmm. to read your word and study so we can give an answer for the faith that we have. Mm-hmm. Father, we can do that. Uh, fill us with your Holy Spirit, all of our listeners as well. Um, help us to, to, to speak in love and in truth uh, in the resurrection power of, of Jesus. So we thank you so much for this podcast. We pray you bless all those that have listened, and may you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jeremy, thank you, my brother. This was, this was interesting and yeah. thick and full and all kinds of stuff. And I don't know we answered a whole lot, but we just know that Jesus is the answer. Amen. 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 Yeah. All right, brother. Blessings to you, man. Thanks for being here, and, and thanks to all of you that are that are listening. And this does not solve the whole thing of Reconstruction. It's going to go on and on, and uh, yeah, you, you might not have maybe experienced it. Maybe you will, but regardless of that, dig into God's Word. I'll be praying. Be praying for those that maybe you know that are going through that. And again, like Jeremy said, if you've got a family member, just continue to pray for them and uh, for God's protection and for, for wisdom as they go through that and they go out into the world when inevitably they face those that want to break down their faith. And so um, if you have any other questions, maybe it is questions about deconstruction. Maybe it's you want to be baptized. Maybe you have questions about God's Word. Maybe you're hearing something about a relationship with Jesus Christ that you've never heard before. Um, You can find out so many wonderful things, groups, ministries, counseling, all answers to your questions. Just go simply to livingproof.co and we will be glad to direct you to the place and the people that can help you with the questions that you have. On behalf of that awesome dude right there, Jeremy Brownlee, I'm Les Norman. Thanks for joining us today in the Watching World Podcast.